Hello and welcome to another interesting episode of InsureTech Business Series where we engage conversations around innovation, technology and opportunities that they bring to the insurance industry. My name is Damola. And my name is Folumi. You're welcome. How have you been, Damola? Yeah, it's been great. I've had a very interesting past few weeks and I mean, have a lot of reasons to be to be thankful. Yeah. What about you? Same year has been eventful, and um, which brings me to the fact that you know, there was a tweet that was making the round on Twitter um, recently by Stone at Wine asking about why Africans don't like to buy insurance. Yeah, you yeah, see you see, yeah, yes, I came across that as well. Yeah, yeah. a lot of um, interesting conversation on that particular thread. A lot of people, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, contributing the reduction in sales or reduce penetration of insurance to lack of education and if you remember there was a time that um, Ikerite cast and he spoke about mm. you need to raise constant awareness about insurance in especially mm. in Nigeria you know as a whole mm. so were there other ones that caught your attention because for me that was one of the key things uh, once yeah I mean there's someone here <laughs> uh, Tony Katakuri Linlin too he mm-hmm. says that uh, we are covered with the blood of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. But, but if you look at what uh, Antoine yeah. says here, he says, uh, so, I mean, this really just captures, it summarizes a, uh, entirely what we have been talking about in, uh, on the podcast and really the reality of Africans, really, not even Nigerians yeah. alone, right? So he yeah. says that, I mean, lack of education about why it's important to be insured. People don't insured. understand... Mm-hmm. Why should insurance not about what insurance is, but why should yes. I go on to buy insurance? Right. So yes. uh company insurance, you know, insurance companies focusing on the top twenty percent of the population. Well I've always said, and I don't feel to say that every single time I have the opportunity, the banks will tell you they are banking the unbankables. So what's going on with the insurance space? Why can't you reach mm. out to all of this population mm. that you know like you can't tell me that we'll continue to be we'll have a market penetration of 0.5 percent mm. it doesn't mm. even make sense mm. so what exactly is going on with the uninsured what are mm. we doing about this mm. Mm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, think, I get your point creating those such products that you know more people can purchase and and, and enjoy and one, one of the few things that you mentioned that yeah, i think it, that for me is quite key is uh, you know poor user experience that often costs the prospects yeah. and that's true yeah. right the user experience yeah. is not palatable it's not smooth from onboarding to even claims so i think that there are a lot of, there are I think it's even more stressful mm. I give you my money. I want to collect my money, and mm-hmm. you're giving me like a lot of hassle. So mm-hmm. yes. So those are some of the things that I really need to change uh, in the market. And, and I mean, it's it's quite interesting that today we are speaking with someone who is playing in that space. She's Rashida at the ADBC, who is the chief client officer at AXA Mansard, and they're one of the top insurance companies in Nigeria. It'll be interesting, you know, to to hear our thoughts around what they are doing with some of these challenges that are in the market and how they are leveraging uh, technology to enable their processes and 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 really just reimagine how insurance is being sold and the kind of products that are being sold. All right. So I mean, there are a lot of tales about the beautiful things that they are doing, and you know, it's it's, it's, it's going to be great to hear from from the horse's mouth, really. <laughs> Yeah, mm. yeah. You should stay tuned and don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Ashida, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And it's a pleasure to be here following me. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. And really, we really appreciate the fact that you, you know, um, honored our invitation. It's out of your busy schedule. It's um, something that we are really grateful for. So, um, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can you tell us about Rashid Dat and your motivation? 
Uh, we, we don't have enough time to hear about the whole of Rashida. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, <laughs> I would just say to you that, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who's, um, you know, been significantly influenced by, you know, um, I guess my, my the culture of our, of our country. Um, I'm <laughs> extremely, uh, I'm curious. I'm, I'm an optimist, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm an optimist not because I think that everything will always be fine all the time, but I understand yeah. that, you know, Sometimes things can be challenging, right? But um, I, I always believe that the future is bright and everything is possible uh, if I believe, right? So uh, at the same time, from an insurance perspective, you know, I started out in the industry quite some time ago these days, uh, probably spent about uh, 15 and a half years in the industry in Nigeria. Um, wow. And yeah, yeah. So I, I started as a finance person, but with a, a huge curiosity to, to, to know more about what I was doing, I I, I appreciate and I align with the the impact that the industry can create. I, I truly believe that this industry is is actually a noble profession, right? Uh, in the sense that you you don't just make a living, but you're actually impacting the living of others and helping them, you know, to provide the safety net needed, which isn't really there in Nigeria. You understand? Because we are like the safety net of each other. We don't have any government security or any sort of welfare system. So the family your friends are your welfare so when you yeah. then have this opportunity to to have an industry that can take over a lot of that responsibility so that whatever your family and friends do for you it's, it's just an extra on top uh then yeah. it reduces the pressure so, so this is this is the thing that really kept me in the industry because it was always more financially viable outside i must say to you <laughs> so so i'll stop there like i said you know actually that is uh, a lot of a mix but I, i'm i'm currently i mean i've evolved and different roles okay. from finance to driving retail business now to to leading client services and helping to just drive the growth of personal lines you know as well as just trying to add value to the industry of course to our company but very very important is you know the only way you can add value is by giving your very best and, and listening yeah. which is something yeah. that we haven't always done as an industry so well <laughs> Well, well, really, um, I mean, I must say to that, that I, I think that with this um, new normal, a, a lot of things might change in the industry, you know, in terms of um, how we do most of our processes, claims mm-hmm. payment, um, mm-hmm. underwriting and all of that. So um, what will you say is like your own view about this particular, I mean, after COVID-19? What would you say would be the next level for insurance companies in Nigeria? For me, I like to remind people that the normal before COVID was always an issue already. We the insurance industry hasn't been present enough in people's lives, right? So, mm-hmm. so when you then bring in um, COVID nineteen, it's it only just enhances the fact that there's a lot more for us to do as an industry, uh, and it's about going beyond what we saw as the norm, right? We've been talking about you know technology, about you know improving our services, about being there for our clients, but what it has done is to accelerate, you know, the need to to make the change that has always been clear that needed to be done, whether it's in understanding our customers better, listening to to, to understand what their pain points are and helping to address it. Mm. Uh, it could be from uh, thinking about our products differently, right? Um, you know, uh, are we only just repairing things when they get spoiled? Can we help in detecting uh, and detecting things? Why can we help predict and prevent? You know, things along this side. There were issues around our workforce, not just from the technical side alone. That we, we seem to have very good technical people, but how, how can they extend themselves beyond that? And from the sales side, how do we retrain our salespeople in a different manner? So so for me, I would say COVID-19 has only brought um, you know, in a much more clearer way the things that we're missing already. There are opportunities that we haven't you know, taken advantage of. We need to think outside the box. It's, this is very generic, right? But, you know, it's, it's simple. It's as simple as saying to ourselves, you know, how can we do things better, cheaper, lighter from an operational perspective? How can we add more value to our clients? And how do we harness mm-hmm. things like data science, you know? How do we improve, you know, the capabilities and truly help people in our country, you know? So, so I think this, this, mm-hmm. these are those things that COVID-19 further enhances because if people are not alive and they are not well, then why do they need you? <laughs> 
Okay, so judging by this now, I'm going to say that um, it means that technology is going to be like the, um, should I say, Messiah for um, our, um, no, okay, so um, I know we talk a lot about InsurTech and all of that, but there was a conversation we had with um, one of our interviewee, then um, Mm -hmm. we said that it wasn't just, you know, management that pushed technology in Nigeria. It was COVID nineteen that fast tracked all of this technology hmm. Um, hmm. Hmm. use in Nigeria because whether we liked it or not, we're forced to find a way to work from home. We, we yeah. found a way to yeah. make sure that our patients continued despite the fact that we were unable to get to our offices. Mm-hmm. So, would you also say that technology would also help to speed up some of those um, processes? And, and deliver all of those products to our customers? In, uh, well, I mean, it depends on how you're looking at it. Technology is extremely important. <laughs> In fact, it's uh, like you like you said, I agree that technology is, an, you know, it could be an enabler, an enabler of the business, right? But it could also be the business, <laughs> if you look at it from an insurance mm-hmm. tech perspective okay. as well. But it, it's not technology alone. If you have people who are not thinking true things, who have great technology, that, that they won't necessarily change some of the things that need to be changed, right? Uh, they won't reimagine yes. the products. They will just automate what they had and they automate the same behavior. <laughs> so technology is essential, mm-hmm. right? Of course, we all. it's not just for the insurance industry, by the way, it's for everyone. You know, everyone mm-hmm. literally, even people selling, you know, drinks had to find ways to get it to people's doorstep without them coming to the shops. Yes. So, yes. so think about it, sorry. So technology could enhance logistics, would enhance the delivery of your service, would enhance how you serve and engage with the customer. So technology, you know, you could say the Messiah, but for me, it's not technology alone. Technology is critical, but the people that will use the technology and that will drive the technology are also extremely important. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't divorce mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's not about a, a young person alone or an old person. It's about people who have that mindset to change to understand that, yeah. you know, this thing can be used in an amazing way and how interested am I in doing that? Or do I just want to do the status quo, same as usual, and bring some very powerful technology that doesn't actually have the right impact? So uh, I do agree that technology is extremely important at this time because, you know, things like inspecting a car, for example. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, you can't go just anywhere. Even if you wanted to go, right, if there was a you know lockdown restriction you couldn't get there right? but you need to serve yeah. the client so how do you do this in this period so how can technology help you you could do use whatsapp but is whatsapp enough is it safe enough does it have the right data protection laws how do you save that information where do you save it you know there the the, the 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 i guess the governance around it and the ethics of the use of technology is also important not a lot of people are talking about it to be honest but if you don't build this in together you'll get to a point where technology is doing great things for you but then you're behind from a regulatory and guide guide, regulatory and protection perspective and you could get into trouble Hmm. okay um you mentioned (laughs) regulation um Okay, I, I know that we've had a lot of, um, you know, back and forth. We work. I'm not even just talking about NICOM now. I'm talking about other um, regulatory bodies that concerns our industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather say that um, they should do more in terms of, you know, customer segmentation, customer experiences in terms of customer product? Because I know there are lots of um, insurance companies that try to sell micro insurance in Nigeria and mm-hmm. we've had a lot of you know back and forth with regulators mm-hmm. if it's coming from I don't I don't even want to call out Nikon <laughs> right now but but honestly and then even for education as well um in terms of um CIN and all of that do you think that there's a there's more these guys need to do for our industry in order to push it forward what, what would be your own point I of view? I think regulation is, is important because we're in a regulated business, right? Because, you know, yeah. there are fiduciary responsibilities that people need to make sure that are being done, right? <laughs> we're, we're holding people's yeah. money, we're holding people's livelihood. So so there is definitely a need for regulation. But at the same time, regulation needs to evolve the same way the business is evolving. 
right? Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, and sometimes they, they have a lot of either, you know, acts or rules that they have to follow. Sometimes, you know, they need to be able to, you know, go through a checklist of things they want us to do. So it's about, can we do it differently? Can we test and learn together? So I, I see more that, you know, the regulators can enable things. It's like, if you're the leader of a company and they call it a leader, if the leader is not going to do the actual work, but you create an enabling environment for the people to do the work. So the regulators themselves need to create an enabling environment, understanding that some of these things won't follow the rules of the past. Uh, and that's where, you know, some interesting concepts like, you know, regulatory sandbox comes into play, you know, well, well, yeah. well defined and all these different things that we can do. Because I appreciate that you're concerned, you know, I, I mean, I can give you an example like, um, you know, bank assurance, for example, bank assurance is yeah. something fantastic, you know, that can add a lot of value. But when there, there's been different protections from all the different regulators, such that where the bank says, oh, we want you to separate this, we want to separate your products. We don't want people to think the bank is the insurance company, which is a valid point. But then if you yeah. don't allow the ability, as we've seen it happen in other places where there's some level of bundling of products, where a customer yeah. consumes something and, you know, it's bundled together. But we know everybody's responsible for their own side. So let's find a different way to show the responsibility of each party rather than stopping the opportunity in order to protect, you know, uh, along the rules. So so I, for me, I, th- I think the regulators have moved forward a little bit. I won't say they are far behind because I've been engaging at the forefront of some of this for a while. But, okay. but, okay. but I'll say to you that there's, COVID should tell us that, in fact, you know, just the same way it is for the insurance companies that you now need to move, you know, faster. We need the regulators to also be more accepting. And to say to us, so yeah, let's try it. Let's work on it together. So if I work on it with you and I carry you on the journey, you understand that I've touched on all the critical areas as a company. Mm-hmm. And where you have concerns, I would also understand those concerns and put things in place to make it work. But not lose sight of the opportunity to create innovation, to create impact, to protect our people. So, for example, you know, people selling music are selling it on 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 the telco platform easily right you can sell a ringtone yeah a, a yes. ringtone is nice you can hear it perhaps makes you happy you know put some serotonin in your body and makes you feel good but imagine if i can sell protection and insurance for someone on a mobile phone through his airtime in small buckets that would not just make him happy it will protect him if th- in case something happens i can even help him yeah. you know sell her save towards something critical to them in the future when maybe their child needs to go to school or, you know, an unfortunate event comes up. So if we can't do this because of regulation, we're, we're, we're denying people the ability to actually protect themselves and have a behavioral change just because historically it's not allowed. So, so why are we not allowing it? What, what are your concerns? So that is how I, I believe the regulators need to work with us. So we work together to actually make this change. You know? but, but they have valid reasons a few times, not all the time, by the way, but if, m- most times I would say. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsurTech Business Series and stay updated. Okay, so um, I, I don't want to keep dwelling on the regulators, but um, I mean, customers demand is changing it's evolving what um like the there was an example i gave back then that what my father wanted then isn't what i want now of what i want now wouldn't be what um maybe my children would want because people are growing times are evolving and um and so on and so forth so do you think now is the time for us to start unbundling um when i say unbundling there are some particular type of insurance that we've followed um, all through in terms of um, you know, risk policies, investment policies, endowment policies. But now that um, we're having people looking for gadget protection plan, we're having people looking for, uh, okay, so special risk insurance, special risk in the sense that okay. if something happens to my voice, would you insure it? <laughs> so how exactly do we get out to 
those particular market niche because I have always wondered how we are able to sell life assurance to students. Um, uh, the impression I always had was a typical student will wonder if you are asking them to die young. So do you think that selling life insurance will be marketable to that kind of um, market segment? So those are all of the things. I, what, what do you think we should actually do? Would this be the best time to onboard some of this product? <laughs> I mean, the question is, what is insurance in the long run, right? It's about pro- providing protection. Mm. So we, it's protection for that that affects what matters to people. So if what matters, you know, 15 or 20 years ago was what we're selling, it's extremely important that we're we're courageous now as an industry to to sell it in a different manner, Mm -hmm. you know, to leverage, you know, resources, whether it's technology, for example, to unbundle even payments. Why can't people pay with or, or, or daily or monthly, you know, rather than hourly. I mean, we've moved ahead. Maybe people do half yearly or quarterly, but how can we make it work and ensure that people are always covered? There's no gap. Um, and that, it's really that point I made earlier, um, you know, for me that we need to listen. Yes. We need to listen to our clients. We need to understand what matters to them today. Okay, and and this is how we can ensure that we can, you know, make the right impacts. You know, unbundling my work today, but imagine the children that are growing up now in the COVID environment, in social distance. They're going to be extremely different from those of us that grew up in the past, and even you, you know, that you might different so so how do you make sure you you are addressing things that matter to people it's about listening understanding and of course engaging with them working with them to understand what matters i, I mean with something we've we've been trying to do in our own company in axa for example you know mm-hmm. having you know, different kind of customer surveys you know trying out focus group sessions trying to engage and recruit our client our customers right to help us better understand them because by doing this you know you're then able to create personas for the customers yeah right and when you create the personas it means that you can create you know better solutions to address those personal needs because the, the individuals are not standing alone there are probably quite a few people like them or that need things like them just like you gave an example of devices you know i mean device insurance was something we saw like a few years ago already as a major one mm-hmm. uh but there were a few hurdles here and there we started out we've actually tried it in our company in three or four different ways yeah <laughs> i've seen a lot of that well, yeah, because sometimes it doesn't work in one way. There's one issue from this side. Then you try it in another way. Then you try it in another way. Then you try and use technology. And then the technology has issues. And then you try another way. So I think the ability to test and learn and work with the right partners. So so what, what we run now isn't where we want it to be in perfection. But, you know, working with a particular platform with some of our partners, we're able to help them do that. But there's still some gaps that, you know, can be further addressed. You know, so it's also understanding that, you know, it's not... The solution is not complete forever. <laughs> it evolves as well. Yeah. So, so I think this mindset is what we as an industry need to work on. And perhaps there's also that need to collaborate a bit more. There's some, you know, structures we need to put together and, and invest together to, to put them in place to further reduce the, the, the pressure on each company rather than each one building in a silo perspective some mm-hmm. of these things. Uh, we, we need to work together. But I guess, you know, lots of conversations about working together, but actually making it happen hasn't seemed to, you know, be that successful in the past. But we can change these things. And, and this is something that I'm, I'm also, you know, dedicated to us trying to do, to say, look, how can we collaborate with each other? You know, some people call it cooptition, right? Where you collaborate with your competition to, yeah. to create, you know, yeah. solutions for, you, for that affects the whole industry. So, so this is, these are some of the things we need to do. But you are right. There's so much for us to do, to do in this space, and it's not going to be done once and for all. It's a continuous process. So, how do we put infrastructure in place to make sure that this keeps working? So, this this is, this is a lot of work for us as an industry, and it's a challenge that we must take up. Oh, okay. Um, in terms of collaboration, um, I know that Axamansad has been working with a lot of. Um, partners in terms of um, carbon health at some point. I know um, in terms of the gadget protection plant, some, it was a particular time I saw with Jumia and um, 
I can't remember the other parts that, um, you know, Axel Mansell has been working with, but how exactly have we been finding pa- those partnerships easy? There was an interview we did with um, Brian Falchuk, and he said that rather than just having, say, for instance, Axel Mansell selling insurance, you could, you know, add, bundle those insurance policies with other products offered by other customers say for instance travel insurance i don't necessarily have to contact axamansad before i get an axamansad cover so how exactly uh-huh. have you been um you know faring with all of this partnership especially um with some of the issues that are coming up like you rightly mentioned in the previous um, response how how exactly have you been able to manage it and do you think that this is best means to distribute insurance to, I used to say the uninsurables, um, like the bank was the unbankable, so yeah, so mm-hmm. do you think like this is the one you need to do? We, we, we will have a lot more work to do than the banks, they have over 30 odd million customers, we, we, we have, you know, depending on who's counting we're maybe 2 or 3 million as an industry, right, so definitely the, the, the gap is extremely wide, but I would say to you, you're right. I mean, partnership is extremely important. They say to us that uh, the fourth industrial revolution is about partnering with people, you know, and um, so we, we, we keep doing, we were, we are working on partnerships as a company anyway, but I also feel that you need, you need to find people that are aligned in terms of values because it's one thing to want to partner with people. Remember that insurance in a way is also a game of, you know, character. <laughs> and because um, you, know, you are assuming that, you know, the person is coming, you know, with uh, their hands open and exposing everything. So you need to be sure that, you know, the partners you're working with are open to, to, to change. Because if we go into a pricing today and we discover that the results are not, you know, sustainable, you need to make sure that you are, your partner that you're working with is happy to make changes alongside you. So sometimes these are ex partnerships. And then sometimes some companies go, with partnership based on who they have relationship and friendship with, not necessarily who's the best, right? So that in itself kind of affects the ability to get it right. But, you know, we work with partners who, who, who have similar um, visions as us, you know, whether it's carbon, whether it's weather health, or uh, really for us to test. We don't, we don't call people uninsurable. We tell them that, see, we need a behavioral change. People haven't experienced insurance. Like I said, we're absent in their lives. If you've been somewhere where there are accidents happening, people are dying, and you're hearing, oh, they paid out 100 million, 50 million, 60 million from insurance, then you believe insurance is there. But when you're in an environment where insurance isn't being paid out, you're not seeing your friend saying, the insurance repaired my phone and all of that, you first of all need to work with a partner who they go to normally, say someone selling the phone to say, look, let me put insurance there so that you can experience it as a bundle first. And then you then realize that, oh, I can really help you. And, and that's why we, we mustn't be proud as an industry. But we must also be clear as to what our expectations are and what we want to happen because this thing would ensure success, right? Uh, and, and this this is where it is because you, you need to also decide, look, how long is the partner ready to run with this for? Because there's some things where they call freemium, where a partner uses insurance to reward their clients, right? And get yeah. them in the bank assurance agreement, freemium is not allowed. <laughs> You know, in the guideline, no, the guideline doesn't allow freemium, doesn't allow, you know, bundling. So you're wondering, how do we teach people how to have a taste of this, right? So we partner with people like travel agents, for example, who, who can sell that as a bundle. But at the same time, we want the clients to experience insurance in a more personalized way. And sometimes you might not get that because you, you need to probably log in and get, you know, a bit more closer and understand that customer more so that you can even give them better value. So, so these are where the gaps are sometimes but I, I mean i'm very grateful to the to the companies who are partnering with us even with the guidelines and you know, we've made we've learned a lot that's what i would say to you we've learned a lot we have a dedicated team that works on testing new things new ways and new 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 ways to to of consumption listen to clients and we literally trying to offer people solutions in very very small sized you know bucket in terms of pricing you know we're, we're working at one dollar one dollar a month kind of policies right yeah, yeah, in that range. So below five hundred naira, five hundred naira naira range, sort of policies. We're testing these things to see how will they work, what will work well. So, so, so we've learned a lot. At the same time, there's still more for us to do as a company. So, so definitely, partnership is a critical thing, and we have a dedicated team working on that within our own company in AXA. 
Wow, wow, that's that's really commendable, I must say. I mean, I'm I'm just really hoping that um, aside from all of this partnership, we actually see more and more in the industry to push, you know, um, I mean, changing a lot of perception about insurance in the company, I mean, in Nigeria. And then also Mm -hmm. talking about, um, you know, instant claims payments, which I know that is a huge pain. For people to believe something doesn't work, it means that um, they probably carried on, um, should I say, if one person had had a bad experience and you know how insurance spread with word of mouth. One, yeah. one person probably had, had a bad experience and then comes back and say, don't you ever put your money in the insurance company again. <laughs> and then another person probably not even knowing what happened. Like that goes on and, um, you know, spread the word. So how do you think we can actually tackle that particular bit in Nigeria? I, I know that we owe it to our customer to pay, pay claims. I tell people that um, insurance as it is, the mm-hmm. main reason why we're even in the business is to pay claims. So if we're not paying claims, then what exactly are we insuring? So how do you think we can actually tackle that um, pain point and how can we you know, change the perception of our customers? Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. I mean, it's, it's from two sides, I'll say to you, right, uh, for me. The first one is that from a regulatory perspective, making sure that the operators that are in the industry are of the highest, you know, level, okay, which is where you see the regulators talking about, um, you know, regulatory capital, you're trying to increase capital yeah. and insurance. Yeah. Because they want to be sure that, you know, the companies are, you know, extremely strong and all. So so the regulator tries from his own side. On the other side, you know, we also don't have a regulatory system that helps companies that are not doing well that need to leave the market, right? So, you know, if you want to own up a portfolio, how does it work? What are the rules around it? So, and that's why even when people have been taken over by the regulator, it's kind of difficult to, to remind them. Okay, so we need some of this to help create, you know, that, that clarity that from a financial standpoint, Standpoint, the companies are there, they are strong. On the other side, the second one is, is the companies themselves making sure that, you know, we work our talk, <laughs> you know, yes. and yes. not finding stories at the end and saying, oh, I can notice that the, the claim happened at 12.44 a.m. That means that you were drinking and that means that we can't pay you. But at the same time, when the person's claim is paid, how do we rate them and, you know, profile them? Well, how do we centralize the data so that the person who who does it who claims from you you know that this is their claims history they don't just move from company to company so if you look at you know the uk industry or the us insurance industry they have databases that can confirm the person's you know uh claims experience yes. right so somebody that is a good risk can get better prices from other companies and if you are not so great you know not doesn't mean you're bad but you, obviously there's some risk that you face every day then when we're able to make sure that we're pricing you appropriately wherever you go. But we don't have those in place yet. And that in itself affects us. And it means that insurance is more expensive, even for the people who are, you know, quite, you know, conscious about safety. So, so this is something that, you know, needs to be addressed as well from the industry. Because that would ensure that, you know, you're not penalizing people who are doing well, just at the expense of people who aren't doing so well for certain circumstances. So, so this helps. And this ensures that claims are paid. And in the long run, what, what happens is that the, the confidence is, is, you know, is really, really reinforced because when you look at it, trust is really about your character and your competence. So the character mm-hmm. comes from where the regulators and regulations protects people. And then the competence comes from your ability to keep delivering you know, what you promised to do because you have the right skills, you have the right people, you have money to buy all the necessary things to put in place. But the last thing I'll say to you is that when Afina did the last research on insurance, mm-hmm. it wasn't 70, 70%, 77% of the people, the reason why they don't buy insurance because they don't know about insurance and where to buy it from. It's not because they don't trust us. We've always believed it was just trust. So trust is there. But people don't even know and understand how we add value to them and where they can get us from. So that's huge. 
And that's, you know, probably even a bigger part of the work for us. So they don't understand. We're too technical. We we have to mention, you know, yes, insurance is a legal contract, right? But why do we need to use whereas, wherein, where from? These things are so, they don't understand. I mean, do you understand that? I mean, how many of your friends really understand? (laughs) Where is the premium and then you're expecting a different service? Yeah, this is premium. Exactly. Premium means like high level. <laughs> yeah, service. And then, yeah, yeah, no, it's a payment. Not, not, yes, I, I, I totally understand. So we need to change and use, you know, terminologies that people don't understand. So this is what we talk about simplification. And honestly, it's not because we cannot simplify at once. We have to go through that journey too. Even in our company, we're still going through a simplification journey, improving our, you know, communication, our policy documents, simplifying it, standardizing it, and, and trying to make sure that we're creating things for different sectors, different audiences. What the commercial large corporates need is not what a small SME needs. It's not what a medium-sized SME needs. And it's not what an individual needs. So how do we make sure that without incurring costs that are huge, how do we you know, use technology and drive this and help us? This, this is the real work for, 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 for the industry. Okay. Um, ah, man, that's what you said right now is actually um, like it's a, an entire different um, twist from what we'd always had at the back of our mind in terms of um, people not trusting insurance. But then it's a whole lot of work having to realize that um, it is not just about the trust anymore. It's um, how available those products are and how accessible they are. So uh, I think that what we probably need is a whole lot of communication in the industry. I mean, if we pay claims, we probably have to make continuous mouth about it saying, okay, this is, we pay claims. This is how you're able to get some of these things. Um, mm. I, I think over time, all of these things would change in, in my opinion. But can you all, do you think that there's um, an opportunity for us in Nigeria in terms of um, insurtech penetration? Do you think that is a huge opportunity for us to penetrate that market? In t- um, regardless of the fact that um, now we need to do more in terms of communication, do you think that there's still a chance for us to you know, penetrate that space? I mean, penetration rate in insurance, right? You know, in yeah. terms of application to GDP, is still below 0.5, right? Um, when we look at the population size and we talk about how many people are insured, now that I mentioned a bit earlier, you, you can see clearly that there, there's opportunity. But opportunity is, is not just the general, you know, BAU, business as usual opportunity that um, way we're operating that will take advantage of this, right? We, we ourselves have to reinvent ourselves, you know. Uh, InsurTech is definitely very important, but InsurTech in what sense is what you need to think about? Because technology on its own that's dedicated to improving the insurance experience isn't enough. It's the whole ecosystem that is created in an organization and how, you know, the value chains are being engaged. So even when, for example, we, we sell a, a strictly, a fully online product right for 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 motor insurance um which is called complex online this is this is distributed digitally from beginning to end but guess what when the claim is being happening and i need to get a loss adjuster to to see this client's car is it digital as well <laughs> that's what the okay so if i can have a value chain improvement where even my loss adjuster and my repair garages are able to deal with this thing and we're able to agree and work from the, the, a simplified technology platform to ensure that we serve the clients promptly and quickly, that would make a big difference to the customer, right? And that means that at any, as an individual, you are ready to, to, uh, to cede your risks to the insurance industry. So the opportunity is huge, not just for one or two or three companies, but for as many who are able to you know, rethink how we work, how we offer, how the fulfillment is done, you know, as well as you know, how we engage with the clients and how we better understand their needs and then we iterate you know it keeps it has to keep happening so so if you have 30 million people with bank accounts for example and we have barely 3 million people with insurance that's another gap because everyone needs you know protection we we've done from our emerging customer team we went into the markets we've done surveys and when we ask them questions what we find out is this they don't understand insurance they don't know insurance but they know risk and they manage their risk somehow and they wish they could get a better but how do we communicate that better way to them? How do we engage with them? InsurTech can definitely do a lot of work in that, right? 
But InsurTech, you know, can work not necessarily as a standalone, but with existing players as well. You know, and yeah. you also think about the existing players, the the, the technologies core business applications we have <laughs> you know are they are they really future ready you know are they cloud ready um, you know <laughs> that's the question we need to ask another day <laughs> imagine so so definitely you know i mean in banking you probably have maybe a few maybe three or four popular you know um you know banking solutions but in insurance you literally all over the world you don't have very, very you don't have any very popular one like that and, it, and it's because insurance itself is, is a bit technical. It's a bit different, you know, and there's different connotations and, <laughs> and nuances to it. So, mm-hmm. so there's also opportunity for the insurtechs to develop, you know, fantastic core business applications that is amazing. <laughs> In itself, it's a ready business for existing insurers who are insuring people. So apart from, of course, new opportunities, there is even the existing to, 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 to conquer and to improve. So, so I believe, yeah, definitely huge opportunities. Uh, okay okay so um coming to my final question what do you think we should expect from axel mansad <laughs> well uh, i wish i had even more time huh? <laughs> to talk about this but i think in summary right axel mansad which is a part of the overall axa group we were evolving ourselves so uh, a few years back you know we talked about you know um being customer centric and you know beginning with the customer in mind you know and started to think and change our operations in this way and it's it's not perfect i'll say to you but we keep you know addressing what can be done better in a different way but our overall vision right as as a company as a group is to act for human progress okay uh to, to you know to help them protect what matters right and so you know progress in life is different for different people and it's about human progress, right? And, yes. and what matters. Because what matters is different for you, like you told me, and different for your dad. So how can I make sure that as a company, I'm there for you? Um, and when you think about acting for human progress, you know, I want you to aspire to be everything you want to be, to be a business owner, if that's what you want to be. But should, in case you have a speed bump along the road, I want to be there to help you in terms of an unexpected event. But there are some expected things where your business is growing, you know, investing your money, helping you to get ready for retirement, helping you to get ready for a child's education or perhaps to acquire a massive assets that you've been working for. You know, in our own generation, you wanted to buy a house. You know, it was important. That's when you know you have tried, when you have your own house, don't pay rent. So so how do I, how do I help you get to this point? You know, so this is this is how you progress and make sure that even no matter the speed bump or issue you meet along the way, whether you are rich or whether you are, you know, middle, middle income or you are just moving, emerging, you know, and growing in your life, we want to be there for our clients just along that journey. We are not just going to ensure that, you know, we deliver insurance solutions to people and help protect them. But what we're evolving to be is to be a partner. You know, we want to be a partner with our clients. We want them to come to us, so to think about us, you know, and that means that it's not just about being a payer of claims. It's about being there with them, helping them to channel things in a different way, rethinking, you know, the, their, their, their overall journey and helping to improve it so from axa you know as we work a lot more on our technology transformation you know the question is you know is it is technology an enabler is our business a technology company that is offering insurance solutions i I guess that's the question to leave on the table for you but you know we, we feel strongly about tech being very important we feel that it's critical and tech can not just be a competition, but can be, you know, a critical part of the business. So with Axa, one thing you can be sure of is that we constantly challenge ourselves to deliver better value, to, to deliver value the way customers want to receive it and where they want to receive it. And hopefully evolve into a much more centralized, you know, um, ecosystem that can help you across all the different needs that you have. So, so this is but with a lot of focus, of course, on both protection as well as growing people's assets right wow i feel like i'm sold already you got me a partnership <laughs> please please just come in through the door <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so we've come to the end of the um interview thank you very much rashida for your time i i really appreciate yeah, it and awesome. i'm sure that most of our listeners are also um 
I mean, they're also excited as I am to have gotten, you know, this um, particular information. And um, thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. I mean, this is great here. And, and well done. Well done what you guys are doing as well. It's very, very impressive. Thank you very much. Thank you. I mean, it's good to hear that. <laughs> Positive, positive, positive. Really? We should talk. Sure. Okay. All right. So, um, how do people reach you in case um anybody's interested in terms of um, you know, partnership with um Axamansad or if they even want to reach you directly, how how do people communicate with you? Uh, I mean, we, we have our company website, which is, you know, www.axamansa.com. Um, we are on all the social media platforms as well, um, as well as, you know, you, you can reach us on, on, on our, on our Axamansa um, line um, as well. Um, but more importantly, if you also want to reach out to, to me, um, you know, just shoot an email. My, my email is, um, you know, my name literally uh, at axamansa.com. Uh, but I think what's more interesting is that it really depends on, on sort of partnerships. We're, but we're there on LinkedIn, we're there on Instagram, uh, and we're working very hard to keep revamping, you know, a lot of the uh, our social media footprint, uh, as well as, of course, our website. And we can be reached, um, you know, in different ways, depending on, you know, where where the client wants to meet, meet up with us. But Nigerians also like a physical office location. So we are based, you know, in Victoria Island, that's where the head of visit, Amadou Beloway. Uh, we, we call our office Santa Clara Court. By the way, Santa Clara is 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 the, is the yeah, uh, it's uh, just uh, on Amadou Beloway 1412. So that's a physical location. Uh, and of course, we're in different locations across the country uh, also. So we can be reached uh, also physically if that's what the client wants, right? We, we can't force everybody into the digital world. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. All right. Thank you very much again. Thank you so much, Rashida, for your time. Hello and welcome to the news update. My name is Opeoluwa. First, the headlines. Alliance Nigeria strikes strategic partnership with GIDN platform. 47th AIO conference to hold May 2021 in Lagos, Nigeria. BIMA wins claims initiative award. Now the details. Alliance Nigeria Insurance Limited, a composite insurer operating in Nigeria, has announced a partnership with Get It Done Now Limited, developers of the GIDM platform. Speaking on the partnership, Chief Marketing and Strategic Officer of Alliance Nigeria, Walter Bossman, said they aim to provide bespoke insurance products to mitigate business risks of the registered service providers. This, according to the co-founder of GIDN, Alberto Rodriguez, will help to build trust among customers while adding credibility to the small business owners as well. The 47th edition of the AIO conference organized by the African Insurance Organization has now been rescheduled for May 2021. This announcement by the Executive Committee of AIO was made via the body's official Twitter handle. In the tweet, it was announced that the earlier postponed event will now hold between the 29th of May and 4th of June 2021 in Lagos, Nigeria. The annual AIO conference and AGM was cancelled earlier as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and travel restrictions. BIMA has been recognized for their work in the Ghanaian insurance industry, sweeping away the Mobile Insurance Leadership Award for the third time in a row and the Claims Initiative Award at the recently held Ghana Insurance Award 2020. Speaking on winning the Claims Initiative Award, Damien Guatorolt, Country Manager for BIMA Ghana, said, 
claims is the moment of truth for insurance providers and we believe that having our claims team travel into our customers' communities and process their claims on the spot is a great way to create trust and battle the idea that claiming is necessarily a long and painful process. Launched in 2010, Bima Ghana leverages mobile technology to deliver affordable insurance and telemedicine services to underserved customers in emerging markets. And that's it on the news update. Back to Damola and follow me. Alright, welcome back and I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Rashidat at DBC. Uh, from Aksam Ansad. A lot of talking points there. It was an interesting conversation. Follow me. What do you think? Yes. Uh, as in, there were lots of take-homes. At some point, I was even sold. Imagine you wanting to <laughs> buy from the company. <laughs> 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 how passionate she was about it. But, you know, one of my take-homes there was the fact that it's important for us to simplify the insurance process for mm. us our policies mm. and then I, I think about you know notice how even talk about simplification of all of these languages those terminologies we use mm. you know I'm talking to someone that is not a professional in the insurance is mm-hmm. and they're looking at you like premium <laughs> alien language I used to be <laughs> and yeah. then you're saying um, excess buy back and I'm wondering Hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, what do all I, those things mean? Like, you know, all of these terminologies needs to be broken down regardless. Mm. We need to be able to come up with them. So, yeah, yeah, me, yeah. One of my, if at all, I don't even say any other thing, that <laughs> was yeah. the first point for me. What I got from that conversation was more of the fact that, you know, digital transformation or mm-hmm. any kind of change that you want to see in an insurance company or the kind of change that an insurance company desires, it must be strategic. It must come from yeah. the top, right? Uh, she mentioned yeah. that they have uh, an emerging market team. That uh, team definitely has been created recently, right? Just mm-hmm. to tackle some of these things, some of, you know, uh, creating products, creating partnerships, you know, to serve this thing. Uh, people in the margin market, right? So yeah. it means that this decision about serving this market is intentional and it comes mm-hmm. from the top. Yeah. And so I think that is one key thing that uh, insurance companies should you know, have at the back of their mind. It's not good enough to say, ah, yes, we are using uh, technology and say we are selling online. We are selling through our, our websites. You can buy our website, you can pay through Paystar. No, that is not it. It has to be seamless. Can, mm. the, the technology has to go through from the onboarding process, you know, to, you know, engaging the customer, you know, even mm-hmm. to claims payments. And everything is done digitally, not uh, you onboard the customer through your website. Then uh, you still tell the customer to uh, snap himself or you have to, <laughs> or you send an agent to him to <laughs> sign a form. No, 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 no. <laughs> Then we are still we are still back to the same thing. So again, it tells us that it's doable and there yeah. are opportunities. So yeah, thank you very much. And it's been splendid. Thank you again to Rashida at LBC. Amazing yeah. speaking with her. In fact, you know, we both have been wanting to to speak with her. You know, I, I wish I was on that call with you. <laughs> yeah, so, so it, it was it was it was quite interesting. Yeah. yeah thank you again. Yeah. yeah. So thank you guys for um, always supporting us as well and for listening. We are getting your feedback and fun with them. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah. So take care of yourself and stay safe. Bye.